Hey friend, before we dive into today's podcast episode, I want to remind you to sign up for my free how to successfully quit your job and become a booked out coach challenge. It will be five days to successfully quitting your job and becoming a profitable booked out coach. I'm going to be talking about how to find clarity and align your unique talents and take the leap to become a coach, how to build an engaged audience that always comes back for more, how to get visible, steal the spotlight in a crowded market and create your sales engine to drive reoccurring revenue. This challenge begins in May and it's completely free. I'm going to be going live every day inside the Facebook group Her Way Community with a free masterclass that you can view if you can't make live. But I want to do invite you. So if you're someone that's tuning in and you're ready to quit your job and you want to become a coach but you're not sure where to get started, this challenge is for you. You can sign up at shedidatherwaypodcast.com forward slash challenge. Again, it's completely free and I'm going to walk you through during the five days how to successfully quit your job and become a profitable coach with the skill set you already have. Now on to today's podcast episode. Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, where it's all about making the ultimate leap from your nine to five and building a business and life you love all while doing it your way. I'm your host, Amanda Bolin. Let's get started. Hello, She Did It Her Way listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the She Did It Her Way podcast. I'm so grateful you guys are here tweeting in today with me. We've got another special guest, Sarah Wallace, who teaches small business owners and sales professionals to step out from behind the logos and stock photos to leverage social media tools to build an influential and intentional standout brand. Sarah, welcome to She Did It Her Way. Thank you, Amanda. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to have you and um, have you share your journey with my listeners. Why don't you tell us a little bit in your own words, what exactly it is that you do? And then let's talk about your journey, your lead up journey before making the ultimate leap, which you've done a couple times. So I'm so, so curious to unpack that story. Yes, I have done a couple times. Um, what I'm doing now, and it's interesting, like this has continued to evolve and I've pivoted a couple times even within here. Um, and right now what I'm doing is, I mean, you shared it pretty well, is helping people build a brand around themselves. And a lot of times people think what I do is help with social media and that's definitely a part of it. But at the end of the day, social media, whether it's Instagram or LinkedIn or TikTok, um, whatever it is, is just a tool to help you amplify you, your message, what's most important to how you want to help your people. And so it doesn't matter if you have the best hashtag strategy in the world, if you know the best time of day to post, if you don't have that foundation for who you're talking to, what they need, what you want to be known for so that you actually have something to magnify. So that's mm. what I really help with is that foundational part. Yeah. That's so good and such a reminder, like a good reminder too, where um, if you're just showing up and kind of saying a bunch of different things, but it's not necessarily intentional, more doesn't always mean more, right? It, it could just create that noise aspect. So talk to us then, tell us your journey of how you got to where you are today and take us back to what, what were you doing before what you're doing now? 
Okay. So I actually don't ever share part one for some reason. Um, oh. So this is, I guess, really the first time I've talked about jumping ship twice. <laughs> oh. Um, but I, I got out of college and I had the best opportunity to take a job out in Denver, Colorado um, as an environmental compliance manager for a construction material company, which is so random. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talk about this job because, um, when I was walking around these rock quarries, I ha- I got asked <laughs> if I was lost looking for the mall. Um, mm. because it is, it is not necessarily, um, what you would expect me to be doing, but I had the best boss in the whole world. I had the most amazing coworkers. I got to travel. I had a company car. I got paid really well for being right out of college. And, um, so I stayed there for five years, even knowing like six months into it, that that was not for me. Mm. Um, but I didn't know, and maybe your listeners can relate to this, but it's like, I knew that wasn't it, but I didn't know what else I wanted to do. Sure. Oh, so for sure. I was like, well, let me just keep doing this until I figure it out. And, um, each time I was about to leave, I would get transferred and get a promotion, get the signing bonus and the moving bonus and more responsibility and, you know, a bigger title. And, um, so that was like a distraction for a while. And I, again, like I really liked everybody that I worked with. So it was, it it was like, well, gosh, can I just be grateful for what I have? Like, do I really need more? And I don't even know what more is. Um, but I got to a point in that role. I'd been there for five years. And, um, my boss was leaving. There was a transition, um, with the headquarters and people were moving in and out. And, um, I got to a point where where I was like, gosh, I just don't want to get better at environmental compliance. I Mm. (laughs) I don't want to be Aaron Brockovich anymore. Um, but like, this was the path. Um, if I continued to stay, I would just be, get better at that. And, um, so I thought, you know what, I don't know what I want to do. I know this isn't it. So I left and this is kind of very humbling, Amanda, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I left and I became, um, a server at night. And then I worked at Starbucks in the morning and, you know, this wasn't like I was like 21, I think it was like 28 at the time. Um, and so when my, peers, you know, we're talking about their nine to fives and their paychecks and, you know, promotions. I was like, well, I'm taking a a couple steps back to figure out what I want to do. First of all, I just want to pause and like, um, just congratulate you in, in a way that doing something of like, quote unquote, taking steps back. Right. I mean, even that could be looked at through the lens of like, is it really even taking two steps back or is it just society saying that it's two steps back? Right. So we could probably have an entire conversation on that, but for you, like there's so much even just to share in, in that experience about taking that role in Denver and knowing six months in that it wasn't for you and sharing like how, you know, each time you're probably getting ready to leave and you're like, I'm going to do this. There's another carrot hanging out in front of you. And I know for so many of my listeners, they can completely relate to that. I can relate to that. That was something that I had experienced in corporate very early on. And in terms of, okay, you're getting a raise, you're getting a promotion and all that. And it's so easy to then justify staying exactly where you're at, but yet it's being pulled into, but I'm not really fulfilled. And I love how you said 
that you're like, I just don't want to get better at this because that is also another thing where I know for listeners, including myself too, have also had the thought process of, well, I need to be the best that I can be at this job and in this role in this moment. And I need to do that before I can leave. And it's like, no, you actually don't. You can just say, you, you know, I've, I've had enough, like I've had enough of this role. I don't want to grow anymore. And that's okay. Like it is okay to not master something and decide to move on and be so bold that you're like, I'm going to figure it out. This isn't what I want to do. So I'm going to make it work. Like having that experience and doing something that is potentially against, well, it's like, you know, I don't, most people like in their late twenties, right. Would probably feel like, Oh, it's, this is wrong or what you said, like it's a step backwards, but not many people would be willing to do the things that you, you just shared that you did in order to get yourself into a position that you wanted to be in. So I think that's amazing. I think it, it's something to, to celebrate and be an inspiration. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it is scary and it's humbling. And I think that like the unknown is always scary. Mm-hmm. And then just like you said, there's so much, um, expectations are mm-hmm. like with just society about like what you should be doing. And so to like go against that feels very scary as well. But I have to tell you, I, it was like, I was blissed out for the summer. Like I didn't have a commute. I used to have like an hour and a half commute that was gone. I didn't have to carry my Blackberry around, which that those were a thing back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just was like, Oh my gosh, when I leave, I leave. And I just like, am loving life. And to this day, that's still like the best, one of the best summers of my life. Um, so like you said, you know, what is the definition of success or taking steps back or like the quality of life? How important is that? But I had the best quality of life, even though maybe I didn't have my company car or my big paycheck. Um, but it was, it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I love like the expectations and, that is probably one of the most challenging things is not only expectations that we think other people have for us, but the ones that we have for ourselves and being able to suspend those and not have so many of them for ourselves. But if we do in a way that is loving and not so restrictive, right? Um, So how did you, so you did that for the summer, then what was the next step that you took? So while this is happening, I'm like, I, I just feel like I'm supposed to be doing more in life and I want to have my own business. So even then I was like, I was getting my health coaching certification. I was thinking I wanted to start a juicing business. Um, I had all these ideas that I was working on at the time. And then I was planning a trip to Mount Kilimanjaro. Like this is where I was going to find myself, Amanda. This is to figure it out on this trip. Um, but then I ended up falling in love with the chef that I worked with, um, at the restaurant and I had a surprise baby boy on its way. So mm-hmm. cha- plans obviously changed drastically. Um, so I moved back to Louisville, Kentucky where all my family's from. Um, I ended up getting really fortunate again that after I had my son, I found, um, a job here with a health and fitness publication where I got to um, take a role in sales, which I thought I would never, ever do. <laughs> mm. um, but I, I was there for five years and I had so much experience um, 
talk about like getting out of your comfort zone. And for that, I'm so, I'm so grateful for, for all of that, that experience. Um, you know, again, that, that itch started to kind of come back, you know, not even a year into it, knowing, gosh, this isn't it either. What's wrong with me? Why can't I just be happy? Um, like I just, I felt I was hard on myself and I, I don't think that I'm alone. I'm sure some of your audience can probably relate to that. Just like, well, you know, just make the best of it. Um, yeah. Be grateful for what I have. At least I'm not starving without water. You know what I mean? Like I'm just. Yeah. Uh, oh, for sure. A hundred percent because it's this, and it, it's also the, and you said it earlier too, about like, why can't I, you know, be grateful for what I had and um, why can't I just be happy? And that is, I think there is this beautiful place that it's, you can absolutely be so grateful for what you have and still desire for more. And I know that sometimes it's, I, I remember when I was in my retail job right out of college and I had shared, I was like, what the heck is this? This is crazy. And uh, it was just so intense. And like, I am not someone that is afraid to work. I've been working since I was 12 years old doing a paper route. And so for me, I knew it wasn't, okay, I'm not against hard labor or hard work or like getting dirty. It was just, I don't think this is where I want to be. And I had people that were older than me in my life that condemned the millennial generation. And I was like, no, 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 no. This is just this, that that's not it. But we can easily think that we, we shun our dreams because we've created this narrative that, well, you know, we just have to be happy for what it is that we have. And absolutely, but we still can have more that we want and build a life that we want. And that is, we're entitled to it. Like we have, we're humans and just by being a human, we're worthy of it. And it's one of those things to, yeah, work, work through, but also see the possibility of yes. everything. Yes, absolutely. So um, then, yeah. So five year, you got, you kind of, you were at this like marketing the fitness place for five years. And then a year in, you started to get that itch again, where you're like, Oh, that's not it. And, and thinking what is wrong with me? I know so many people, we all think that we think that what's wrong with me. Why am I not happy? What's, have I not found it? And I would love for you to continue sharing that story with us. Yeah. And, and um, I, you know, there are a lot of great things that I learned and, you know, it being something new and you, you kind of talk yourself into it and you're like, okay, well, I'm, I'm distracted with learning something new. So I'm just going to focus on this. And this really makes more sense financially, you know, stability wise, like all this stuff, it just makes more sense. And so let me just buckle down, forget these like crazy dreams. Like I don't even know what it is. You know, it's like, it's not even like, oh, I have this dream of like creating this product or giving it to the world. It's like, I don't even know what, I'm, what I want. I just know that this isn't it. But, um, so I, yeah, I kept along that road, but what is significant in this story and, and why it makes sense to talk about both, both of those leaps here is that when I worked at Starbucks, um, the gentleman that hired me, um, we would, we got to be really close and, uh, we started talking about how, you know, that wasn't his dream job either being a Starbucks manager, right? Great company, great benefits. He's like, I just feel like I want to do more. Mm. And so when I left 
to come back here to Louisville to start my family. Um, he also left Starbucks shortly after that and pursued his dream of opening up a gym in Chicago. And it became two gyms. It became three gyms. He was doing commercials and he had all these cruel collaborations and year after year we'd stay in touch. And towards the end of my career in the sales role, selling advertising, um, I just looked back at my life and I was circling a cul-de-sac basically of, I don't know what I want to do, but this isn't it, but I'm just going to keep circling it and really not any growth towards where I wanted to be. And then not that you want to compare yourself, but it was just really eye-opening that this guy who also at the same time had this crazy idea was now like had this mini fitness empire five short years later and like how mm. much is possible when you take that leap. And so I just got to a point where I was like, man, I, I don't want to continue to talk to my, his name's Paul. I don't want to continue to talk to Paul and hear about all these amazing things he's doing and know that I have amazing things inside of me that I'm missing out on because you know, I'm afraid or I don't know what I want to do. And so I just keep doing this. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, part of this was, was my fault and maybe for, for the better Amanda, but I just, I had a really, I have a really big issue with like authority and somebody having control over my time. <laughs> and so my boss and I clashed a bit. So that kind of became a factor was like, man, I, I, you know, I don't want you to to have to control my time. Like if I have to drop off my son at daycare late because he's sick, I just don't want to report into you <laughs> if that's right. happening. Um, so there was a little bit of that. So it just kind of became the perfect storm. And one day, you know, I was like, how do I get out of this? And I don't know what I want to do. And, um, before, before I made the leap, like maybe three months before I had hired a business coach. So I was kind of talking with her, working through some stuff, feeling supported and also not feeling as crazy. Right. Mm. Um, yeah. I was just going to say on that, like, I think some we, and this happens to, I think everyone, right. We, we go in stages where every time we raise our consciousness and awareness to where we're at, we can sometimes get into the trap of being inside the bottle and trying to read the label. And then we can spiral out in our thoughts, regardless if we're like building the business, full-time business owner, trying to figure out what we want to do. And sometimes like I love, like it's so good to have a coach or even just find a course and take a course and start learning something that then gives you the tools and competency to just learn something new to get you out of your head about like, I don't know, I don't know. So, um, I just wanted to touch on that. Oh, absolutely. I, I, um, so I had joined, um, I'm sure some of your audience knows, um, Marie Forleo's B school. Mm -hmm. Um, Neil Patel is like a marketing guru and I had signed up for his courses. So it was all kind of leading up to it. And then for me, you know, I sold marketing packages. And so I was like, I could do this. I could take the pieces of what I do like to talk about and what I sell, which is the social media aspect of it. And I could do something with this. Like, I don't know exactly what that looks like. <laughs> um, but just being like having that, you know, Marie's community on Facebook and seeing other people doing things that, you know, your, your close friends and family might think wasn't possible or you were mm -hmm. crazy. 
And then having, you know, that close support of a coach, um, I was like, I'm, you know, I'm just going to do this now. I don't know if I should share this or not. Um, because I, it's not necessarily the path that I would recommend, but I just got to a point where, um, I was also in a, a relationship that felt very similar to this job and that literally perfect on paper. Um, for some reason I just wasn't happy and I just could not force it. Like it just mm -hmm. for years I tried. And so I had kind of these two things that were just so heavy and I just felt like, gosh, I'm just so messed up. Like I just must not, I must be the most ungrateful person on this planet. Like I have these amazing things in my life and I'm just, I don't, they don't, they're not enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, you know, kind of just everything. I was like, I really need to make some drastic changes. Otherwise I'm going to, it's going to be five years later and I'm going to be sitting here right in this exact same spot. So yeah. I ended up taking some money out of my 401k and, um, I just, I just ended up leaving. Like it wasn't like, oh, I'm leaving. I kind of thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to do this without necessarily having a net. So it wasn't like I had 10 clients lined up, um, at that exact moment, but I just felt like, oh my gosh, I need to put my feet to the fire. Um, which everybody has their own risk tolerance levels. Yes. Like <laughs> yeah. Well, not and not, that's, this. That's what I was going to say too, is that there are probably some listeners that are gasping going, oh my God, I would never do that. And then there are some listeners that like, I would definitely do that. Right. And it's so important for everyone to know that everyone's like you were saying before, everyone's risk tolerance is different. The way people respond to stressful situations is really different. And some people do really well when their back is up against the wall while other people are like, nope, I would prefer to have some sort of cushion so that I'm mentally not trying to split my energy, whatever that looks like. It's just so important to know what works for you and stick to what works for you. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. By no means is this like a recommended path. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but that is just, I just felt like, you know, whether that's true or not at the time, I just felt like this is it. Like it's either stick around and get better at this and just try and make myself happy, which I just, I kept trying to do. Like I was reading all these books. I read the energy bus about changing your attitude and I was trying so hard. Um, and I just kind of needed to shake it up to really shake it up. So, um, I ended up leaving and lucky, luckily for me, you know, what I was passionate about doing was in that marketing under that marketing umbrella, which is what I had spent the last five years selling. Mm. Um, so I had a pretty good foundation and then it was just a matter of like, what pieces did I really love about that process? And I got to work with some former clients that were, that was, um, you know, such a gift to be able to kind of transition onto my own. Um, but it, you know, to this day, I'm still kind of seeing, well, what do I really like to do? What do people need? And then what, what feels good and aligned with how I want to work and how I want to spend my time. And that's a, a process that continues to evolve. Yes. I love that you said that too, because I think there's this misconception that quote unquote over there is always better, that there's always this other place that's better than where we're at now. And the truth is, is it's, it's kind of like getting uncomfortable where you just have to comfortably get 
you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable in the same sense that you have to, it's really business is an evolving process and being comfortable and being okay with the evolving process. That was something, especially for me, that was a really big challenge because I like and prefer systems in order and I like things to be a certain way. I like them to be very black and white. And that's not how businesses are oftentimes run or ran. And if you can't learn to be fluid in what it is that you're doing, you're going to choke hold and grasp the business so tightly that you're blocking any sort of energetic, creative abundance flow into it because you've already decided ahead of time, it has to be a certain way. It has to look like this and blah, blah, blah. Like, so I, I love that you said that it's just ever evolving because it truly is. Yes. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you brought that up too, because that is a lesson that I feel like I'm kind of in the middle of right now, mm. being fully transparent. And that, you know, when you first kind of get into this, uh, you know, learning, learning processes, learning what's possible, you absolutely need a guide to take you through their process that's been successful. Um, and so they typically have like, these are the steps um, of how to create a course, or this is how to set up an email funnel, or this is, um, how to do a launch, or these are the type of products that you should offer. And so you kind of, you, I, at least I speaking for myself, I kind of got into that and seeing like, okay, this is how this guru and this marketing industry does it. Like I have to do it that way, but like, it doesn't feel fun. It doesn't feel aligned. It, it like it, it actually feels really draining. And then I'm thinking maybe I'm just not cut out for this. Mm. And so I think in the beginning, that's great to at least test some things out because none of this, would I have been able to figure out by just sitting at my computer, thinking about what I wanted to do or thinking yes. about what I wanted to offer. Um, but now I'm learning from people in industries that have nothing to do with marketing, but like looking at their marketing process, looking at how they market or how they put together offers. And it's unlike anything that I've seen. And it's just a reminder that like, oh my gosh, literally when you have your own business, you can do it however you want. Mm -hmm. There's so many possibilities. And so it's just that, that testing. And I think you need someone to like take you on that first step. And then from there, it's like, I really like this about how that person teaches. And then I'm also going to like pull this thing in here from like the startup world. And then I'm going to pull this in here from like e-commerce. And then you kind of just create your own offer and own strategy in a way that really feels good to you. Um, but that takes time to get yeah. to have the confidence and to even know what you like and don't like. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good too. I, in, um, in one of my programs, the ultimate leap accelerator, where I walk, students through how to land their first paying client without having a website. And we go through the sales process, your ICA, setting up your coaching packages or service packages, softwares and tools and things to use. I always recommend, I'm like, here's my process. Here's the process that you start with, but yours is going to look different. And having just an initial process, but then also knowing that it, yours, the way you craft it and tailor it, it doesn't need to be exactly like someone else's because it's going to change. And so just thinking like you sharing that, okay, well, I'm doing someone else's, but it's not working. And then you going, well, I'm going to tweak it and update it to something that feels good for me. And I love that because it is so good. It's a really good to have a process to build out, like to start with, but then knowing that it most likely it's going to change. And just because you change it doesn't mean that 
you know, it's not working or anything like that. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, yeah, I mean, if you didn't have something to start with, like some kind of framework, it, it would be hard to get started. Yeah. <laughs> it's like editing is a lot easier than like writing it from scratch. For um, sure. But with that said, you know, I have a lot of people that will come to me and you probably have heard this too, or it's just like, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I said that heck I've said it myself, you know? Um, but the problem with that is that it's like, you're actually an employee then if that's like, if that's how, if that's just what you want to do, if you don't want to think for yourself. So, you know, no. And I, I think part of that is just developing like the mindset because a lot of times we don't have this mindset of running our own business. It's an employee mindset. And that was something that working with my coach was like incredibly eye opening. It's like, Oh my gosh, yes. I'm basically working myself into being an employee again, following all these rules and people's recommendations and then feeling like I'm a failure mm -hmm. <laughs> when I don't do it. And so there's just so much that goes into not just like figuring out how do I want my website to look and what do I want my offer to be, but then just like how you view yourself and treat yourself and kind of act as the boss. And that's sometimes hard to step into um, at first. And so that's why having a coach, having a community can so can be so helpful and accelerate that process. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's what having, yeah, like you said before too, in that um when you're doing things that majority of the people that you hang out with right now are, might look at you and think, mm, that's kind of interesting. That's why it's so important to have that community, to have a coach, to, uh, make it, to normalize what it is that you're doing. Right. Yes. To make it so that it's not like, it's this random thing. So I love it. Well, this has been an absolute amazing conversation and, and thank you so much for sharing your, your journey. i do have a few last questions. I know, um, you've been really talking about sharing with people the benefits to leveraging LinkedIn, especially cause there is maybe this mantra that if you're on Instagram, why do I need to be on LinkedIn? And I would just love for you to share some of the benefits about if people aren't already on LinkedIn, why yeah. they might consider being a little bit more present on that outlet. Yes. Okay. So, and I actually just did a training last night specifically for, it was called LinkedIn for people who love Instagram. <laughs> and that's the thing I think to think and, and to like put that, that business owner hat on and to think, okay, it's not like I just want to get good at Instagram. Cause that's a tool on your tool belt that, you know, may or may not be useful for the rest of your business. Right. And so if you kind of think of like, okay, I actually want to bring awareness. I want to be, I want to be, um, visible. And then it's like looking at the different ways to do that and then using those tools to help you accomplish that goal. Not just the goal of like, I just need to get good at Instagram. And so, um, the reason why I said, it's specifically for people who love Instagram is because there is a way to show up on LinkedIn right now where there's a ton of organic reach happening. Um, it's, it's like in the beginning, if you follow Gary V at all, you probably heard the buzz about LinkedIn and it is true. And one of the reasons why, and, um, this is specifically really going to be helpful for people who spend most of their time on Instagram is that 
it has um, a Moz domain authority score of 100, which basically just means out of 100, which basically just means that Google loves LinkedIn. So if you were to go Google yourself right now, I'm almost going to guarantee that somewhere in there at some point, if you've ever made a LinkedIn profile, it's going to show up towards the top of the first page. And so the problem is if you're just using it as a placeholder for an outdated resume, that that's one of the first impressions that people are going to have of you. And it might be a little confusing if you're doing something completely different and you have like a big business going on, but then your resume is popping up as one of the top results that hasn't been updated in a long time. So even if you don't want to spend any time on LinkedIn at all, it's worth taking an hour and just going in there and updating your profile so that your summer so that you have a cover photo and a headshot photo that looks professional that your headline summary explains clearly what you do and then in your profile you don't necessarily have to talk about um, your past experience as much as what are you doing now how are you helping now and then what are some links and ways that people can connect with you off of Instagram or off of LinkedIn so maybe you share your Facebook group maybe you invite people to download your freebie inside your profile and that way, at least you know that when people Google, and this is one of the top results is showing up, that it's reflective and aligned with the rest of your brands on Instagram and Pinterest, wherever else you might be hanging out. Yeah. I actually just did a really quick search and you're right. It totally, the LinkedIn profile comes up right away. Yes. Right. <laughs> I, that's so good. Um, and, and I love that you're, you're showing how to easily do it where it's not this, it doesn't have to be this other platform that you're constantly creating content for, but at least when people go to your LinkedIn, you're being intentional with how you're shepherding them to Instagram or to download your call to action and whatever that might look like. So that is so good. I'm excited for that training and can't wait. Sarah, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Can you share with my listeners where they can learn more about you and connect with you, whether it's social media or your website? Yeah. So, um, I do do, I, I do do, I do hang out on Instagram a lot. My Instagram handle is Sarah, S-A-R-A-H Lynn.co. And then I would love to get connected over on LinkedIn as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's Sarah Lynn Wallace, but, uh, this has been so fun. And then I also have my website, which is, um, Sarah Lynn co.com. And that kind of explains, um, how else I help and where else I'm hanging out. But, um, I love, I love social media just because you can be social and I'm a bit of an extrovert. So I get energy chatting it up with people. Um, so I'd love to hear from you over there. Yeah. Amazing. And we're going to link all of this in the show notes as well. If you guys want to head over there, you can check it out. But Sarah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head on over to she did it her way where you can access the entire vault of she did it her way podcast episodes and more information all about how to make the ultimate leap from your nine to five. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you headed on over to iTunes and left a review, letting me know what you love about the She Did It Her Way podcast. Until next time, keep doing it your way.